I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. And thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Liz Joy. We're talking about bad air, and we've focused in the last segment on how it impacts us mostly physically. And Dr. Joy, though, let's talk about some solutions. What are some things that we can do that are preventative in nature? Well, there's lots of things. There's things we can do to prevent, you know, the adverse effects of air quality on our own health. But there are also things that we can do as kind of stewards of our community to protect the air for everyone. So, you know, if we talk about that first. Let's talk about that first. Yeah. Certainly most of the air pollution in the Wasatch Front comes from tailpipes. You know, it's it's how we drive. It's what we drive. And um, if we can uh, make efforts to decrease tailpipe emissions, then that will improve the air for everyone. So, for example, um, using public transportation. You know, when you put a lot of people in one vehicle versus um, or on a bus or the train or tracks, um, you know, that's going to uh, take um, several cars off of the road and their associated tailpipe emissions. Um, You know, I love the phrase, turn the key, be idle free. You know, so not idling your car is really important. Um, That makes a really big difference. Um, Doing things like trip chaining, where instead of driving from your house to school and back to home, you know, and house to the grocery store and back to home, and house to the dry cleaner and back at home, that you try and chain those trips together, you know, to decrease the amount of miles driven. And that also decreases tailpipe emissions. Um, not warming up your car, you know, and turning your car on, you know, and letting it warm up. Cars warm up pretty darn quickly these days, you know, and also might help prevent your car from being, you know, inadvertently taken from you Mm -hmm. with it it running out in front of your house. I've heard a few stories like that. But there are lots of things with our automobiles that we can do to, um, you know, to decrease tailpipe emissions. At Intermountain Healthcare, for example, you know, we're encouraging some of our non-clinical employees Um, to do teleworking um, and have created systems for them to, you know, log in with their computer at home and do their work from home and not have to drive, for example, from Ogden into downtown Salt Lake, you know, to go to work. And that, again, is taking, you know, many, many cars off the road 
And in 2019, that resulted in us reducing miles driven by our employees by 3.2 million miles. Pretty significant. That is significant. I want to go back to idle free for a minute because there have been so many efforts. Schools have really tried to initiate initiate idle free zones. But one of the biggest places where I see violators are people waiting for their children to get out of school. And I, I know they say, oh, it's too hot in my car in the summer and it's, it's you know, too cold in the winter. But boy, you're just give every child is being exposed to all of these emissions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember when my kids were little, you know, and I would pull up to the school and drop them off. You know, if I didn't turn that key right off, you know, my kids were saying, Mom, turn the key, be idle free. So, you know, we talk about the importance of, of educating the adult who's actually driving the car, but perhaps the most, you know, um, influential messenger is actually the child. So, I love that schools are doing that messaging, you know, whether it's in their science class or in a health class um, and talking about, you know, how important it is, you know, to turn off the car to reduce idling in front of the school and that the message, we're providing that sandwich message, you know. Right. I hear that. Oh, I'm just there a second. Yeah. No, probably not. Right. Well, and, you know, the signage is, I think, important. Um, you know, sometimes uh, at my at my kid's school, the crossing guard would come, you know, and kind of give a little message of turn off the key. And it was a great reminder. And I think, you know, parents, they want to do the right thing. Right. Um, they want to make it safe for their kids, you know, make it comfortable for themselves. But I'm sure they also want to make it safe and comfortable, you know, for other people in and around the school. Right. So just consistent messaging. Often I think it's just they're not thinking at that yes, moment. Exactly. They're in a hurry. They've rushed from here to there, picking up children, dropping off children, and it's just kind of escaped them for a second. Yeah, but, you know, it's about creating this new culture, right? And, you know, and that, that goes to learning all these things, you know, use uh, carpooling, public transportation, chain trips, turn the key, um, you know, and now uh, in some of our gas stations around the Salt Lake Valley, you know, we have availability of tier three fuels. Mm -hmm. So people can intentionally make a choice of saying, I'm going to go to this gas station and put this type of gas in my car because, you know, it is less polluting. So all sorts of different, you know, strategies that people can very intentionally um, implement in order to make the air better for everyone. So these tier three fuels, we heard the governor mention it in one of his speeches recently, but um, I'm not sure people really understand how tier three fuels work. Can you just give us a little bit more information about tier three? Yeah, so tier three fuels, it's, it's how the fuel is actually um, created from oil, and um, it has particularly lower sulfur content, and um, tier three fuels you know, can um, reduce uh, particulate emissions, you know, by a significant amount. Um, and when you combine tier three fuels, particularly with newer cars, you know, that have um, catalytic converters in them, you can decrease tailpipe emissions by about 80%. So that makes me wonder why it's not mandatory, right, that we all use tier three fuels. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate that some of the refineries here in Utah have really made a commitment you know, to producing tier three fuels. Um, they're not required to do so yet by the federal government, um, but they have voluntarily agreed to do that to Im improve, you know, our environment here in Utah. Very interesting. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. 